Hello, wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's Tech Briefing. Today, Omkar Pandarkame, founder and CEO of Beehive, will talk about how he's harnessing AI to capture invaluable tacit unstructured knowledge and wisdom of people in large organizations. That's after these headlines. WhatsApp got a breather yesterday in India after the High Court in the southern Indian state of Kerala dismissed a writ petition that had called upon the central government to ban the instant messaging service provider for allegedly not complying with the country's revised IT rules, Economic Times reports. Filed by software engineer Omanakuttan KG, the petition said that false information is widely circulated on the platform and that it is used for various criminal activities and that WhatsApp must be compelled to share information that would help trace the source of unlawful activities. The bench of Chief Justice S. Mani Kumar and Justice Shaji P. Chali, however, said it was premature and that it should be the job of investigating agencies and courts to decide whether messages from WhatsApp could be used as evidence or not, according to the paper. In other WhatsApp news, the Facebook company has appointed former Amazon executive Manesh Mahatme to head its payments business in India. As director, WhatsApp Payments India, Mahatme will focus on enhancing the payments experience for users, scaling the service offering and work towards contributing to WhatsApp's vision of digital and financial inclusion in India, WhatsApp said in a press statement on Monday. Paytm, India's largest digital payments company, has revamped its cooking gas cylinder booking experience with new features and cashback offers. Users can now pay through Paytm for bookings made through IVRS, missed calls or WhatsApp. They can pay through Paytm even hours after booking a cylinder through any other platform or channel, the company said in a press release. The cashback offer is applicable on cylinder bookings of all three major LPG companies, Indane, HP Gas and Bharat Gas. Customers will also have an option to pay later for cylinder booking by enrolling for the Paytm postpaid plan. An innovative feature now available on the Paytm app is the ability for users to track the delivery of their gas cylinder and also receive automated intelligent reminders for refills. All that a user needs to do is go to the Book Gas Cylinder tab, select the gas provider, enter mobile number or LPG ID or consumer number and then make the payment. The cylinder is delivered to the registered address by the nearest gas agency. A school teacher in the Indian state of Chhattisgarh's Kankar district filed a complaint to the police that she had been defrauded of 320,000 rupees only to discover that her 12-year-old son had made purchases worth that amount within an online battle game he was hooked to, Times of India reports. The boy was able to make 278 purchases of additional features and weapons ups- upgrades over a period of three months in the online game because no one-time password-based authentications were required, the paper reports, citing the police. The paper didn't name the game. Slice, an Indian fintech startup, has raised $20 million in a new financing round to expand its credit card business. Existing investors, Gnosi, Bloom Ventures and others financed the new round in the Bangalore-headquartered startup TechCrunch reports. Credit cards have never been popular in India and there are only about 30 million users in the market where companies such as Paytm and others are already offering buy-now-pay-later installment plans to people without the need for such cards. Slice has made it easier for many many more people, even those without a traditional full-time job, to get a card with a simplified sign-up process, TechCrunch reports. Tribe Technologies, a customizable platform that enables businesses to create their customer communities, has announced a $7.5 million seed funding round. It was led by Bessemer Venture Partners and CRV with participation from Innovia Capital. With Tribe, companies can create online communities to engage customers and followers. The company was founded in 2018 in Toronto, Canada by Siavash Mahmoudian, Sohail Alavi and Mohsen Malayeri, 
who migrated to Canada with a shared vision of helping businesses to build communities with features as sophisticated as but superior to popular social networks. A growing number of SaaS players are turning to Tribe to build customer communities so they can get the pulse of their customers, create a tight feedback loop, offer support and enable knowledge sharing. Customer numbers at Tribe have soared 400% year on year since 2019, which includes businesses such as PipeDrive, ConvertKit, IBM, Asus, Tim Hortons Foundation and Prudential Financial. When people leave companies or even move to different roles, the organizations risk losing all the collective informal experience acquired over a long time that isn't captured in any formal way. Omkar Pandharkame in Mumbai is trying to change exactly that at Beehive, his AI-powered platform, to capture what he calls tacit knowledge. Already, large corporate entities like the Aditya Birla Group are tapping into Beehive, which Pandharkame, an organizational psychologist, started last year with two of his friends. He spoke to me about how capturing tacit knowledge and sharing it easily has become even more urgent because of remote working in COVID times. Here's more from that conversation. Uh, Omkar, uh, welcome to this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for making time for this. And uh, I have to say that uh, when I came across your work, I felt like, aha, here's someone who's actually finding scientific ways of uh, addressing, uh, you know, this problem of what happens when, uh, you know, somebody or uh, leaves an organization or even moves to a different uh, role and so on. We lose kind of the collective wisdom of uh, uh, people, uh, which, you know, which you call uh, tacit uh, wisdom, tacit knowledge. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to listening to you talk about your work. Uh, how did you hit upon this idea uh, for your venture? No, thank you. Thank you, firstly, so much for, for having us. It's a great privilege and uh, very encouraging to be a part of this. Um, tacit knowledge as a concept has been close to me, my entire team for since the time we started working. And we have a bunch of relatively young entrepreneurs, all three, all three of the founders are 30 years old. And we are, you know, textbook millennials, <laughs> like um, our average time spent in any organization is two, two and a half years. Uh, after we realized that, you know, while we are swapping organizations, one of the biggest challenges is the learning curve and the learning curve is not achieved by reading manuals or by reading standard operating practices. But that, that learning curve is all about how immersed can I get in the tribal knowledge, the tacit knowledge of the organization and the nuances, the know-hows, the best practices, the, the relationships between, between the power dynamics within the organization, you know, to understand that itself takes takes a significant amount of time and that is where we realize that it's a it's a very important problem statement to to solve uh, we look at it uh, predominantly from from a very scientific perspective i am an organizational psychologist by training i've studied researched my phd was within the domain of of, organ- of informal learning tacit knowledge management at the workplace and uh, there are a lot of theories which which have been you know shown great results but it was time to start you know complementing those theories with artificial intelligence so that um, this this theories can start reaching scale and and right now the corporate ecosystem post the pandemic i think the timing can't get better in, in order to democratize diffuse the concept of of tacit knowledge tribal wisdom so so yeah this is this is how we started and uh, and this is where we are right now and you started uh, beehive last year right and, and you're based in mumbai 
Correct, correct. Yeah. Hmm. And when someone leaves an organization, that person's accumulated knowledge, uh, informal wisdom, that has not been captured in any uh, sort of structured way, or maybe in any way at all, it all goes away, right? I mean, I've always wanted to know if there are ways to solve this problem. Um, uh, explain how you do it uh, at Beehive. Yeah, correct. So, you know, like the concept is is knowledge attrition, right? And the big void which gets for, uh, you know, the big void which never gets covered when, when an employee leaves an organization. I'll tell you a little bit of background and tell you how we solve it. You know, uh, let's take an example of my father. My father has been, uh, you know, dealing with uh, labor unions for the longest period of his career, right? Dealing with labor union is a lot to do with, you know, tribal wisdom. Uh, he works for a massive, massive company and, you know, it has 25,000 employees um, and all of them are a part of some labor union in Calcutta, in Bangalore. Now he's on the verge of retirement. And the moment he retires for a new guy to actually, you know, take his shoes on, it's all about relationship building with all these labor union leaders from scratch or understanding various personas of various various uh, labor leaders in various geographies. That's, that's a huge, that's a monumental learning curve. Now, the way we solve it is peer learning is one of the most effective ways for knowledge transfer to happen, tacit knowledge transfer to happen. If you observe the only place where this tribal knowledge, tacit knowledge gets shared is cafeteria tables, is at water cooler conversations. But the moment you get AI to start orchestrating this, through peer learning, through through employees asking each other questions in the domain of tacit knowledge, through chatbots by where we are able to source tacit knowledge within three to five minutes. So, so that is the way we solve it. The first and foremost thing what we do is we create skill passports or tacit knowledge passports of each and every employee, by which at a primary level, we come to know that what are the skills of all the employees within the organization and what kind of tacit knowledge they might be having. The second thing what we do is that we use a recommendation engine to start suggesting, say, Omkar is, uh, let's say, a general manager at ABC Limited. And for Umkar to become vice president of that company, what tacit knowledge is required and who within the organization can mentor me or can coach me in order to help me achieve that goals. So the recommendation engine understands Umkar's learning patterns, understands Umkar's individual development plan and starts suggesting the best people within the organization who I can learn from. This knowledge transfer once happens, it is reflected again onto my, onto my skill passport. And the third thing and the most important thing is uh, tacit knowledge comes in handy uh, on day-to-day -day level. You know, I'm not going to read manuals or I'm not going to read SOPs in order to execute any task. But let's say I'm working, my first company is working at British Oxygen. You know, on an average, I used to come across three to five challenges every day. And thankfully, I was an extroverted person. So I exactly knew whom to approach and, um, and you know, whom, who can help me. So let's say I approach a gentleman next who's sitting three blocks away from me. I'm like, help me out over here. I'll buy you a cup of coffee later. And that is how things used to work, right? But the moment we say employees are remote, the moment we are talking about, you know, employees with, with distributed workforce, accessing each other's tacit knowledge is, is pretty much happening by chance. But over here through AI, if I'm stuck at somewhere, I can just go to Beehive. I can type what my problem is. 
and then immediately ai will find the best internal subject matter expert give that person a nudge that omkar is stuck over here you might have tacit knowledge which which might help him why don't you go ahead and help him or even that conversation what these simi and that person can have gets categorized as tacit knowledge so next time even if this subject matter expert ends up leaving next time somebody stuck with a similar challenge or a similar problem this conversation will be tagged and and you know given to to the next problem seeker problem asker as a um as a frequently asked question that this question has been answered before so these are these are ways where we are able to make sure that you know knowledge attrition is minimized we we also host ask me anything amas on our on our portal by subject matter experts internal subject matter experts of the company and the entire um, video is meta tag which means that you know even after this gentleman leaves the company or this lady leaves the company the converse, the the masterclass what she has had stays on the platform and the content is transcribed and meta tag which means any time somebody is is stuck on to any challenge and he types out of the question he can immediately say that you know this this sme has answered this question in her masterclass on 17 minutes 23 seconds so so this is the way we are we are able to retain uh, knowledge or or reduce knowledge attrition to to the minimum mm. and uh, you already talked about how covid has made some of this more urgent i mean i imagine it has really added a couple of more dimensions to the problem uh, so what has been your experience in talking to your customers i think uh, you know covid has uh, you know i think what bill gross had said that right nothing like you know timing determines everything for the product and uh, i think this timing has worked um, extremely well in our favor when when we are talking about remote employees um we're talking to my customers in fact in the first pitch what i do to all my customer our opening line is that even if your remote employee is unavailable we make sure that his or her knowledge is accessible and that is what what gathers a lot of interest and that is where they want to know that hey you know what i've distributed teams can we can we uh, can we start you know making sure that they are learning from each other let me give you an example our biggest client in india is is uh, aditya birla groups in dalko they have multiple plants ranging across you know multiple sizes you know mahan renukot everywhere across different pockets have different best practices which have been developed and a lot of other plants can learn a lot from each other and and as and this was a relatively slow sales cycle but as the pandemic peaked this the sales cycle just shortened phenomenally so so it has worked in our favor customers are realizing that you know this seemed like a latent need before but now it is seeming more of an more of an urgent need right now hmm. and uh, there is a cost to this right I mean, beyond uh, the need to replace somebody who leaves or even if someone takes a different job within the same organization which also happens a lot in large uh, large corporate businesses so how have you been able to quantify this cost of losing this tacit knowledge when someone is no longer available yeah so there are two levels there's primary research what we do on on our end by analyzing our data and secondary research like well well researched article by gartner george persin uh um even uh, even kpmg came out with a report like 
For example, uh, lack of access to tacit knowledge costs Fortune 500 companies approximately $31.5 billion every year. Uh, we're talking about loss in opportunity cost or we are talking about loss in, um, in gathering insights. The way we quantify at a, and this is at secondary research, at primary research, the way we quantify is that uh, the average time taken for an employee to execute a new task post beehive, is it reduced by half at least? The second one is the cost of knowledge management and the cost of, you know, solving um, the cost of using of knowledge management. Knowledge is stored everywhere. Um, how, ex how quickly accessible are we able to make it? So the time taken to reduce uh, a particular problem solving, that is the second part what we look at. Uh, the third way we like to quantify is, um, is employee engagement because um, employee engagement is very much to do with my relationships with my peers. And if I am stuck onto any challenge while I'm doing my job and my peers, be it seniors, juniors, their knowledge comes to my rescue, my, my employee engagement is increased. So these are the three ways how we, how we quantify. There's a, there's a very specific approach what we have. We do a pre-test and we do a post-test. So before our client buys Beehive, we do a pre-test where we measure employee engagement, where we measure knowledge sharing attitude, where we measure altruism, where we measure learnability, where we measure burnout. So leaving burnout aside, the rest of the parameters after two months of using Beehive, we do that survey again, and we are able to demonstrate that the... Uh, the learnability index, knowledge sharing, altruism, employee engagement has gone up and the burnout has reduced. And these are all indicators of, of highly productive uh, workforce. So, so the pre-test and the post-test is able to give them a very uh, quantifiable uh, benefit of, of Beehive. Hmm. Uh, you've already been talking about uh, AI uh, being uh, kind of an underpinning technology for uh, your solution. Uh, explain that a little bit. Uh, how does AI actually work uh, behind the scenes uh, in Beehive? Yeah, perfect. So um, we operate on three fronts. Number one is the recommendation engine. The recommendation engine understands employees' learning patterns. It, uh, employ it also starts identifying uh, the IDPs. The IDPs, the individual development plan, what we integrate from the HRMS of the plans, what we work with. On that basis, we start recommending most compatible peers. Now, this compatibility is something what is determined by the AI based on the previous learning experiences you've had, based on compatibility of peers. So over here, we also analyze socio-demographic data of two employees. You know, something what we also consider quite, quite a bit is mother tongue because people are more comfortable in sharing uh, knowledge in their, in their mother tongue. We look at, we do um, a sentiment analysis on the reviews what uh, employees give towards each other's knowledge so that we can, we can make the recommendation engine more robust. So that is on the first part. The second part is we are able to meta tag uh, knowledge according to the skills deriving out of it. So if an employee asks a question about XYZ, we will be able to identify that, you know, which is the most relevant skill associated to, to XYZ. And by that, we are able to pull out an internal subject matter expert to, to come to his aid. 
So that is the second application. And third application, which is right now, which we are developing, is we are creating a chatbot. A chatbot through a series of conversation can source in the tacit knowledge from an employee. Let's say I'm a sales guy working at a consulting company. And I open my phone and the chatbot starts having a conversation with me saying that, hey, uh, what do you wish to record? I say, you know, I want to record an insight. I'm like, okay, great. Uh, when did you uh, when did you observe this insight? I say, say June of 2021. Then I ask which department will be benefited the most from this insight. And I say the sales department. And then, you know, what are the three key learnings? So using this conversational AI, we are able to using about 10 to 12 questions source all the information source all the tacit knowledge from the from the employee meta tag it again using the previous technology of what skills are relevant and then push it in the recommendation engine so so this is essentially how our our ai is operating uh, we also feed in a lot of data from the pre-test post-test survey what i just shared with you so we know that you know the marketing department is the most altruistic or let's say the, the customer support department is facing the highest amount of burnout. So we will take those parameters into consideration and, and put it in, in the recommendation engine. Say somebody is experiencing high burnout can be tagged off with somebody who has who has great altruism. So so that is how the AI starts working. Hmm. Give us a couple of examples of the most interesting kind of uh, tacit information that people have recorded using Beehive that you've come across? Absolutely. So let me give you an example. I'm sitting in one of my client's office, so I'll give you an example from here. Uh, it's a pharma company and, um, you know, the medical reps are at the bleeding edge of getting real feedback from the doctors, especially about the product. And this is never never shared or never unraveled by the senior leadership. So a medical rep in Coimbatore was, was able to, you know, the new product was launched, a new pharma product was launched and a medical rep in Coimbatore was able to sell this pretty well as compared to anybody else within the country. And uh, there is no competition within his zone. So this is the time where he ended up recording uh, an interesting practice, what he had about, you know, what are the kind of questions he probed and how did he answer though? And, and then how did he customize the, the solution using this, this pharma product, what he was selling? And he documented this case on, on Beehive. And suddenly we saw um, uh, medical reps from Surat, medical reps from Asansol, medical reps from, uh, from East, a couple of places in, uh, in Orissa, uh, actually realizing that, hey, this is a great technique. And they started using it and they saw that, hey, you know, it, is, it, it really works. And this new product sales were able to uh, to double up in in just small matter of time because one genius medical rep learned how to how to you know answer certain questions much better than the training team. So so yeah, this this was an incident about about the pharma company, another manufacturing company. A person um, you know on the shop floor, he exactly knew how to elongate the life of a particular instrument, uh, an instrument in use. And he was using it and he thought everybody in the company might know it. So he just casually ended up saying, by the way, this is the technique what I use and the shelf life of, of this instrument can easily increase by 18 months. And that became like a big revelation for everybody else who are, who are in other plants, other, other places that if we employ this technique, we, we are going to save up on a lot of inventory cost. And uh, and that ended up helping uh, the company quite a bit. So so this is this is again real impact happening where we are either helping increase revenue or reducing cost. 
and uh, to me beehive uh, feels like a solution or a set of solutions that is very uh, amenable to uh, being used off of the cloud uh, is that uh, how it works I mean like a subscription based product or suite of products yes yes it's textbook saas so you know we are based out of the cloud although couple of companies what we deal with they uh, they have sensitive data so but we avoid on premise at all cost but we are able to create um, a private uh, cloud within within the cloud we use aws so so yeah and uh, what are some of the sort of top agenda items for you in the coming days and say over the next 6 to 12 months so um we want to focus on certain industries and we want to become industry benchmark so especially in the manufacturing pharma bfsi and consulting businesses uh we uh, we want to be a benchmark which says that you know if you are a pharma company and if you don't have beehive there's something wrong in your knowledge management or your learning strategy so uh, we want to penetrate deeper in uh, within these industries that is on the agenda on the product side we realized it the importance of creating a browser extension uh, we are extremely light as a platform so we integrate into into any kind of hrms or communication platform but uh, having a browser extension is what i believe is the future of saas also of, uh, because nobody wants multiple multiple logins and multiple uh, verticals so so on the product roadmap yes we are looking and developing browser extension and um, as every saas company in india we are looking westwards we are planning to start a couple of our clients are indo american so um, we are plan we are we think that there's a great market waiting for us in um, in the states so these are these are the three things what what we plan to focus on in the in the next couple of quarters excellent omkar fascinating conversation uh, thank you so much again for making time for this we uh, hope to keep the conversation going absolutely this has been very very encouraging for us to get get interviewed by you and we truly appreciate it that was omkar pandarkame That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts at forbesindia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakli. Thank you for listening.